0: Welcome to the Mohammed Podcast episode 5, I'm Mo, and I'm here with Luke and uh, Reviews and Subterranean Editor Jonathan Selter is back with us again, hello, hello. loved it so much last time you come back again, Elzoff having a lovely time in New York which will tell us about uh, next week, it's been a busy few days in Hammerwell for all of us, we've got the new issue out of course which we talked about ne- uh, last week, sorry not next week, we'll talk about it next week as well, That's what we do. <laughs> um, we did, of course, get Tony Iommi and Rob Halford in a room together for our world-exclusive front cover. It's the only place you'll read this interview this year and possibly ever. It's out in all stores right now, as we went through last week. But don't forget, there's also stuff in there from Dave Mustaine, Sepultura, Love Bites, More on that in a bit, actually, when it comes to Conjure a Vile Creature. Primordial Turnstile Parkway Drive between the Baron and me, Andrew WK. It's stacked. It's out shops right now, and as always, we appreciate your support. You can also hear a bit more from Mr. Halford alongside Ian Hill in a feature-length podcast featuring our Luke right here. Uh, Metal Hammer meets Judas Priest is also online via iTunes. Get on it. Don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast. Yeah, come join our family. If you're listening now, that's you've done part of it already. So just uh, keep on supporting it. We much, much appreciated I'm enjoying uh,
1: the hugging hand gestures you're doing that no one can see oh yeah, I am <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just kind
0: of I'm being inclusive but yeah no one can hear it help me help you come towards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a,
1: a big virtual hug
0: I'm, I'm sorry I did drama at A-level I thought with my hands a lot <laughs> useless uh, what's been going on boys what have you been up to jo- Jonathan you've been away you're up in Norway which yeah, doesn't surprise to, me to, at all to, to, to no one's great surprise yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: so I was at the Bionarm Festival which isn't awesome actually a metal festival as such but they always have a metal uh, stage. Yes. Um, so I was there, I was chairing a panel. It's kind of
0: like a, a mini, um, I went there last year myself, it's kind of like a mini uh, South by Southwest kind of vibe, business. not it? panels, yeah. bands playing.
2: That's right. Um, and po- possibly a bit more arty than South by Southwest. Um, the few bands I did see, they were very on, on a kind of more jazzy, avant-garde side. Uh, so the, yeah, the whole of Oslo, or well, the centre of Oslo, gets taken over for a few days and um, it, was really good, it was a really good vibe the, the whole town you know it's lots of different kinds of crowds um, obviously I was kind of checking out most the metal bands um, and yeah running a panel on um, something we're also going to talk about later on which is the, um, the splitting of metal into various sub-genres and sub 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 subgenres and sub yeah and so on and so forth <laughs> That was forth. a new Til, genre, the, Til, genre Till till who knows where we are or who we are anymore. Interesting. Yeah, yeah we'll pick on that later.
0: Uh, I was uh, I was up in uh, I was in France, lads. <laughs> uh, I went to uh, I went to Montpellier, which is uh, you know all right. Like quite a pretty little French town and I went to see Carpenter Brut who's uh, kind of the biggest name in the synthwave phenomenon that we've talked about a little bit on the podcast and we've covered quite a lot in the magazine as well um, if you I haven't heard about what we've said about it already first of all go back and check out the other podcast what the hell's I'm out with you uh, but yeah there's this kind of burgeoning uh, synthwave dance metal scene that's just taken over the underground. I mean, what are your thoughts on it, Jonathan? That's the kind of gatekeeper of the underground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are your
2: thoughts on synthwave and, and well, this kind of 80s dance well, well, metal thing that's going first on? First of all, you know, I grew up in the 80s. Right. So I kind of remember all the era this music came from. But for me, like, where synthwave is coming from to a large extent isn't really the more sort of avant-garde side of the 80s. Like, yeah, last... Um, week i talked about bands like japan and you know there's a lot more kind of atmospheric electronic music going on around then um so this sounds like um yan hammer with a slightly added metal touch to it right and um so it's kind of a little bit too brash for me i prefer like electronic music with a bit more atmosphere and depth Mm -hmm. to it um but you know So many Meltheads grew up in the 80s. You know, they kind of get this. And there is a kind of... And even the ones that don't, there's a real affinity for that Yeah, You know, there's plenty
0: of people under the age of 30 that are obsessed with Stranger Things, you Mm. know, because it just speaks to a certain nostalgic culture, which for some people they weren't even there for.
2: Yeah, and it's it's strange that the 80s is coming back in loads of different ways, not just in this. I mean, you know, the whole kind of rise of Mm post-punk has come back into the metal scene, particularly in the underground metal scene. I think... um, you know, Beast Milk, then Grave Pleasures kind of started that off.
0: Matt is actually on the new Carpenter album. Yeah, yes, he is. Grave Pleasures. Which is yeah, yeah. Here. So,
2: um, so the 80s is back in a big way and I'm, I'm not quite sure why. What it is about the 80s that really speaks to us at the moment. I mean, in post rock, but I mean, in post punk, there was a lot of um, sense of alienation, and um, I think, um, you know, the synthwave stuff. It kind of has that kind of sense of alienation, but it's with actual aliens (laughs) yeah Yeah. no I mean there's there's a very interesting thing to go into why
0: 80s culture is is running right everywhere I mean uh, getting to see um, a a couple of us you were at Perturbator weren't you a few weeks ago. no
1: I saw him at Roadburn last. right
0: that's it yeah sorry so uh, we've both seen Perturbator before um, uh, who's also kind of like I guess the slayer to Carpenter Brutz Metallica Um, but yeah it's the first time seeing the biggest name in Synthwave in his homeland as well, about probably just under a thousand cap venue oh, yeah. in there. Um, but I know he's going on to do a three thousand cap in Paris. Actually, playing the Olympia, which is a big venue. So yeah, there's a lot going on there, and it was it was fucking great. It was just brilliant um, to see. I would say a majority heavy metal crowd. Yeah, not all metalheads at all. There was like you could definitely tell there's just fans from across the spectrum in there. But I'd say about sixty percent of the people in there definitely go home and listen to a Monomath and to see those people throw in the wildest shapes imaginable <laughs> to this kind of high octane electro rock 80s vibe was just amazing and the show was great you had this big LED screen that could fit a venue three times the size of the one we were in um, really great light show uh, the visuals were great in general because they had all these kind of like again like 80s inspired kind of slocky horror movie segments and all that kind of stuff Uh, yeah it was awesome and Turbo Killer which if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen the Turbo Killer video if you do one thing off the back of this podcast apart from reading the new issue obviously uh, and listening to the Judas Priest one got the plugs in nice (laughs) if you do one other thing uh, go and check out the Turbo Killer video it was Jonathan actually um, showed it to me last year and it's the wildest thing ever and when he dropped that it was like Metallica dropping into Sandman like people were going crazy for everything but that song is the anthem yeah um I know he's coming over here for he's playing Coco in London I think that's sold out and he's got a a date in Manchester too I think if you happen to be going to those shows you're in for an absolute party if you can find a way to go uh, but you haven't got a ticket yet just do it because it will be one of the parties of the year for sure it was really really good I'm very excited about what's going on in that scene right now uh, what's going on in the world of metal then? The wider
1: world of metal. Well, it is finally happened guys. Taller in the studio. They're actually there. Are they? They've, they've, yes. <laughs> they said they are. They said they are now. It's happened. how do we know they are? They have said that. Who's <laughs> they? The, the band. We, but who? I mean, they all say stuff all the time. I know, but it's, it's official now. It's everywhere you look. Taller in the studio. Okay. Right. <clears> throat> it, throat> it, it's happened. It's happening this year, surely. <laughs> I
0: still Look can't on. believe it. Well, if they so, it's taken them eight years to. No, sorry, what we're we talking about? Twelve years. Twelve years. Twelve years to get years back to into get the studio. studio. So we might see the album in another three years. No. Sure, well, <laughs> well I fucking and know that in thousand days. A left. perfect circle. have literally just started a whole new cycle. So Maynard's off doing other shit for the facility. Yeah. When's he? he when is he even going to get in the studio? I, don't oh, I feel that- like I've just popped some
1: balloons oh, in I know no, no. don't <laughs> Sorry, ruin this mate. for me there'll be, there'll be a way there'll be a way for him to make it work because there's, there's obviously music out there because we keep seeing all these stories about other bands going and listening to the new Tool stuff like right. Mel- like Melvin's heard it I think Nurgle's heard it and Tom Morello's heard it and people like that it's a strange mix like Melvin's going into like that is a dinner party i want to be at <laughs> yeah. the
0: Melvin's Maynard James Keenan and Nurgle's. Yeah. <laughs> amazing
1: wow well, we'll remain to be seen what what happens. Oh, I am stoked, and I reckon it's going to come this year. I'm pu- saying it now, this year. Good, good, good.
0: Uh, Record Store Day have announced this year's releases. Uh, there's loads of stuff going on. You can check out Metal Hammer for the full rundown of all the metal-relevant Record Store Day stuff going on. When is it? It is April the something. Oh, <laughs> you're pass it. No, what is it? It's the weekend of Roadburn. Game phone out and check. What it's mean?
1: the weekend of Roadburn. When is it? it is Oh,
0: that means it's the uh, twenty. Yeah, because that's the weekend. Trivium come to town on the twenty-first
1: of April, I believe. Awesome. The Saturday.
0: Well done. Twenty-first uh, of April. Do go to Metal Hammer to check out all the stuff you need to know about. Uh, the stuff coming from Creator, Mastodon, Celtic Frost. Loads of shit going on. You nope. guys into Record Store Day? It's kind of yeah. a bit of a debate about whether it's important no, or not. No, I hate Record
1: Store Day.
2: Oh, no, don't be that it's guy. Interesting. <laughs> no, the reason, well, well, for lots of different reasons. Um, first of all, it ruins it for everybody else because no one can get, like, for me as a views editor, it's made my life difficult because a lot of releases have had to go back because they can't get vinyl uh, made because Record Store Day is taking it all up. Right. And so Record Store Day messes up everybody's schedules. <laughs> um, it does, it does, because there's so few record-pressing plants. Mm. Um, so they just they just all get taken up by record store day um, for, like, for like months on end in advance. Uh, second of all, you, you just can't buy the thing you want because uh, it's just... Unless you're there like at seven in the morning because uh, the crowds are just ridiculous. Um, I'm sure most yeah. of people buying stuff aren't buying it f- to, to own. It's just pure speculation. Mm. That's why you can't get get hold of the things that you're after because like some it has gone and bought it and they're never going to play it and they're going to sh- sort of sell it three days later for three times the price that's um, not
0: good but you're, you're, you're into it aren't you yeah Just, I'm into it.
1: Like, I, I, it I've been you're that guy queuing up at 7am not 7am not, not, not but I'm usually queuing it's Yeah, 7.40 yes 7.40 if I'm like
2: a band I will I will go out straight and and still buy like the box set of something mm. um, but and When when it's a limited edition just to one day and a few, and you know that most of the people who are going to buy it, they'll probably just buy anything they can get their hands on because they know they can sell it for three days later. And it's not really getting into the hands of the people who um, are fans of the bands. Interesting.
1: I do agree with what you mean. I've talked to a few bands and independent labels in the past saying that the big labels basically take up all the vinyl plants for a month so they can't do anything. But uh, all the times I've been queuing outside... You know, record shops in London or whatever. It does seem to be generally music fans that are there. I know what you mean. You do always see stuff on eBay the day after, and yeah, and that sucks. You know that you've got a record up there for three hundred quid when you went and bought it for twenty quid because only a thousand exists. But I, you know, I've got some really cool stuff out of it that I, you know, cherish. What's the
0: best thing you picked up through records? Well,
1: the two things that spring to mind is I've got the translucent uh, vinyl uh, Volume Three by Slipknot, oh, nice. which. Nice. Yeah.
0: as fuck, that is. Fuck, no, I've
1: only played it once because I didn't, I didn't want to ruin it. Yeah, uh, and I last year, I think it's last year, maybe the year before, I got the uh, picture disc uh, Alan Partridge record. <laughs> Which... <laughs> the two most disparate <laughs> things. It's... Slipknot and Partridge. You might be the only person with those two. Yeah, lines. quite possibly. But yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah, two of his radio shows from the nineties, and it's just Alan's face on the record spinning round and round. That it's is... really, really good.
2: Um, I'm genuinely blown away by that. I'm really impressed. <laughs> I'm amazed wow. that they did that for Record Store Day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, did that record. And there's a, a Faulty Towers record coming out this this time round as well, which I think I might end up buying because I think it's a picture disc. Fawlty Towers. What is it, Towers just the though?
0: main? Theme over I, I, and over again. No, I
1: think I think it's like a show, but I, audio only. I don't know. I've just seen it on the on the epic list that's doing uh, around I mean, John I kicking things. It's just I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know
0: if I can go quite that far. I mean, I've got um. There's a Lord of the Rings one coming out that I don't think is for record store day, but it looks amazing. And I've got the Hellraiser blood splattered. Soundtrack, but that's something I'm, I might actually play. That's cool. I don't know if I ever play a Forty Towers picture.
1: That's <laughs> no, <night>. very true. Mon <laughs> soundtracks, the weirdest and coolest one I've got is a bright blue vinyl of Mega Drive soundtracks. No,
0: <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. I need to see your record. <laughs> ridiculous. I, I
2: used to go into um, like second hand stalls and just buy the most ridiculous records ever. Like or in charity, yeah, songs. I know
0: you got me for Secret Santa one year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what was it? You got me once, so one year for Secret Santa. We do Secret Santa at Milhon, of course. Secret Satan, I should say. Uh, and uh, one year, um, I knew it was him because it was just the most Jonathan ever, Jonathan thing ever. I got what looked like a vinyl shaped present, and I was like, What is this gonna be? Oh my god, it's really exciting. So I open it up, and it was a vintage 70s KFC Christmas songs, <laughs> set the Colonel's Christmas songs <laughs> with the Colonel. From KFC on I the knew you liked Christmas. Christmas That's
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> so yeah, cheers for that. That's still that is Still, still there. I've still got it in my collection. Fuck knows when I'll play it, but it's there. So yeah. Christmas, I guess. Um, speaking of weird shit, um, what is this about Fred Durst now? Can you explain this to me? Uh, yeah,
1: I saw that this morning. Fred Durst is directing a movie called Moose. Okay, hold on, I'll stop you there. Okay. <laughs> Fred Durst is directing a movie. Yeah, I thought I'd say, but apparently this will be the third movie he's directed. Oh, yeah, well, i know. handing saw... in my new metal warrior. I know, I, I, haven't seen either of the other two, obviously. I should say
0: that we are firmly on board with Limp Biscuit on this podcast. Yeah. We do not, uh, we do not join in the not, shits kicking. the I am limping
1: with the biscuit oh, all God. day. Well, that's <laughs> White. <laughs> that was. I, I think that's from the outro um, of Chocolate Starvish. But yeah,
0: that said, I'm not sure if Fred Fred Durst. And hold on. sorry, finish off
1: the headline. Right, yeah, Fred head is it. directing a movie called Moose, which is starring John Travolta. Okay. And it's about apparently a, a like obsessive stalker right. uh, who basically gets obsessed. Yeah, gets like obsessed with an uh, Hollywood actor, I think, and. Then, with hilarious results. What well, no probably it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's the business. And you won't believe what happened. Yeah. No, it's like, a, it's like a bit of a thriller, like you know, And apparently there's some autobiographical element to it from Fred. I imagine he's so it's probably, about
0: Fred getting a stalker. Or
1: Fred being a stalker. <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't yeah. Yeah. We
0: remember those lyrics.
1: Yeah, so there's a very say so information out there at the minute, but it does seem that like Fred's own experience with stalkers is tying into this story called
0: Moose. Wow. So That's interesting to watch. Yeah,
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: Have Sheffield in a film about a serial killer, and Fred Durst is directing something about a stalker. What's going on? Just release an album. What are all my heroes doing? Stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Just do some work. Not <laughs> <jacket>. joking.
1: <laughs> yeah, put the new biscuit album out.
0: Come on. Yeah, where's the new biscuit album? Come on, fuck Tool. Where's the new Limp Biscuit album? <laughs> I've been waiting for that Stampede of the Disco Elephants for about four years now. Sort it out. Oh, anyway, anyway. Uh, one of the things we go into in a lot of depth in the new issue is a big feature with Ailestorm who are unbelievably 10 years old now Catherine Morgan's Revenge that first album which is actually pretty fucking good yeah. to be fair um, is now 10 years old so we've had a lot of um, uh, dialogue about bands like Ailestorm and they're probably the best example of this in the Hammer office over the years I mean since I've been there really like and, and beyond um, and you know if we're being honest we've probably always been a bit snidey about them you know we haven't really done anything significant with them for a long time and it was only when we clocked that A um, they've been going 10 years now and B they sold out the forum in London which is you know
1: like 2,500 people 2,500
0: people that we kind of went okay we need to kind of readdress this and, and you know start giving them some fucking credit again Yeah. Um, I mean are you guys fans of Ailstorm
1: first and foremost in, a sh- in short no <laughs> okay well, in? to be fair I think we mentioned it in the podcast the other week when you put the first album on it was like oh I know this one I like this one for every song yeah and it was they, they were the first band they ever reviewed for, for, a, web, really? for a website so one of you know? the first mm-hmm. bands I reviewed as well yeah I went to see them at Rock City Basement uh, which was I don't know about 10 years ago or something wow. and yeah and it was like, it's just weird I'd never really knew much about them but it was like oh wicked I'm going to review a gig. I'll check it out and yeah it was about what it's a couple of hundred people there sold out most of them dressed as pirates losing their fucking minds
0: so I guess that's kind of what um, we, it taps into with Airstorm because when it comes to metal we like to be proud you like what you like you shouldn't feel ashamed to like anything Um, on a musical level Mm. at least (laughs) Um, uh, you know you like what you like and if anyone tries to guilt trip you because the band's a bit naff or whatever and so on and so forth but metal in particular does seem to have I don't want to say it's an issue but it certainly has a long-standing affinity with kind of gimmickry and how far bands are able to get on gimmickry and kind of stupid shit that maybe some people would argue takes them to a much higher platform than they probably deserve Necro I'm looking at you <laughs> because they suck <laughs> um, uh, so I get I mean when it comes to this kind of stuff th- it, where do you draw a line with this shit because I've I found myself having to justify just wanting to put on a Nailstorm album which I shouldn't because I actually think when you get past the fact it's stupid as fuck and they'll be the first to admit that as you will see when you read the feature in the issue um, the music's good. They do some good music. It's just good power metal-y kind of stuff. So that's the thing. It's
1: stuff. If it was, if they were shit, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be funny, or not even, not even that it's funny. It wouldn't even be entertaining. It's just, ah, oh, look, they're pirates. But they are good musicians. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's entertaining. But I think in terms of how far bands can get on gimmicks, yeah, you know, it's not a new thing at all. Good yeah, yeah. Like, no. In the same way, yeah, you know, Kiss wore makeup. Everyone's went, oh, yeah. okay, well done. You're yeah. you're, yeah. you're. Yeah.
2: I mean. I might not like Aylstorm, but I don't, I've got nothing against the band or um, this idea of, like, absurdity in metal, because we're all metal fans. We all understand there's a level of absurdity in there. Hmm. And, you know, I like it, when, it get, when that gets celebrated, when it's done really smartly. And, you know, I'm in a huge glass house because I really like Tourist S. Ah, and, re- and, and I really love Trollfest. Um, oh, Trollfest. Who are, like, like the most ridiculous wanna, of the lot.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to quickly describe Trollfest? Because they're yeah, uh, a bit well, less... Uh, famous than Serena yeah
2: so but if you go on the continent they're actually bigger than any of the other bands so there's about about like 10 of them running around on stage Um, they're (laughs) actually you you wouldn't know this but they're actually um, a lot of them are actually Norwegian Black Mountain musicians doing this ridiculous um, like hyperactive uh, troll boom, metal. Trom- well, it's not really troll metal. It's um, it's kind of really Balkan. <laughs> I thought the way you went. Well, it's not troll metal. That's a whole different. <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> yeah. they don't really sing about trolls. <laughs> they don't understand troll metal. Yeah, but but they got this kind of Balkan thing going around, like in their sound. Um, you know, they look either like some kind of post-apocalyptic hobos. or <laughs> that's a band name in itself. <laughs> yeah, or, or or like some crazy. Like gypsy crew in like tr- they they're just knits and tracksuits and stuff. Yeah, yeah And yeah. it's um, but the music is really well is really well put together. I mean, they you know on on a um, folk level, folk music level, they really know their stuff, and it's just it's just taken up to this kind of point of absurdity where you just don't really know where you are anymore. But it's kind of, but you know it also if you grew up with um, uh, Hannibal Bara cartoons, mm-hmm. and um, you'll get the kind of level of hyperactivity in it. And but it's but it's it's almost to the point of surrealism. Like you can't really right. match those things together. So this mixture of like surrealism um, and um, and actually really knowing your shit musically and actually referencing lots of different kind of parts of folk metal um, and do, and knowing how that music works really well. It's just like just adds up to what the fuck. Right. And you know, Two us are also you know they're really self aware. They're really funny. Um, I love the fact that when they first played um, Download, they had 25 minutes and they spent at least 15 of those just talking shit in between songs. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, that, but that's what made everyone love them. I saw them when they first played um, The Underworld in front of 50 mm-hmm. people, and I just you could tell then this band were going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first time I saw Elstorm was supporting uh, 2SS, and I just thought, well... I remember that tour. Yeah, they, they played at the Electric Boom, and yeah, I was thinking, I well, here's a really shit version of 2SS, and... And yet here's a bunch of people who seem to absolutely fucking love them. Like, it's is it pers- possibly even more than, than two of us that's never supporting?
0: But I guess with, uh, with Airstorm, because I guess this is kind of where there's a bit of a divide there. Because a lot of, I mean, first of all, you mentioned like Europe. Yeah, this shit is massive in Europe. Like all of it is. Um, I think that's where Airstorm kind of really made their bread and butter before they started to properly uh, blow up more over here. Um, but in Europe, there's a certain sense of identity and like cultural significance with a lot of what's going on here. Like what Teresas do is kind of in their blood, and it's you know it's more than just yeah. With the best of respect to pirates, I think I just struggle to. I can't really think of many people that are that invested in piracy as a kind of cultural trait that you can explore and go into. Like these are literally just sitting down and writing stupid songs about getting fucked with an anchor. Yeah. It's literally one of their songs. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of an odd thing. With, where do you draw the line with that stuff? Where do you go? This is too stupid now. Is there anything that's too stupid? Well, are we just being too snide? But the thing we is, we like, just... you know,
2: but they're still somehow make, being able to like dredge records out of it. You know, whether you like them or not. Five. Yeah, but, but in the same <laughs> five way, albums. But, but look at look at Cannabis Corpse. You know, they're still doing records where all the where all the song titles are kind of um, this is weed puns. Yeah, yeah, weed puns based on based on um, classic records. Classic metal tracks. That's got to
0: work. It's got to run out at some point. They, they,
2: they've got they're about three or four albums in now. Interesting, um, and they, and they're really good actually. Well, I suppose the kind of the dam is
0: broken once and for all this with baby metal because you, on one side of it, you can't really like realistically argue that putting three teenage girls in kitesuits in front of a metal band dressed up in a certain way. I mean the, the band are like they're dressed up kinda of like a little bit quartz painted ghoulishly looking. Um, and say that's not a gimmick because it is like someone's literally just taken idol culture and just smashed it into metal. Yeah. Um, but I genuinely don't think they would have got as big as they've got and gone straight out to Wembley Arena or all that if the songs weren't good. And I think there are at least a few of the songs on that second album they put out were
2: really, really good. Yeah, I mean I, I like baby metal. Um...
0: Yeah, I don't know. Not, like, not
2: because I think they're, but then I don't think they're a metal band. I I like them because it's just like don't you start. <laughs> no, 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 everyone hates them. who said, well, this is this isn't how metal should be. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, they're never supposed to be like that because they're not a metal band. They're like a they're like a J pop band. But it's like I like seeing heavy metal like reflecting this weird lens of J pop culture, mm-hmm. and um, and I like the just the general sur- surrealism of it. Um, I actually prefer the first album. It's like <laughs> Wow. Where, where it's Mate, like, of all the of all yeah. the people to go yeah. there with yeah. baby metal. Yeah, I know. But but it's but the first album's a lot more tacky. And it's just like pure sugar rush you get off the um even the non metal bits. Yeah. Like Doki Doki Morning is just like it's just like what the fuck? But it just hits. It hits some weird pleasure centre in your brain, mm. and you know you can't defend against it. For all you know, me being like, oh, I'm so
0: messed it. I guess you shouldn't have to though, should you? That's the point. what why are we it makes, like, you so know, snidey about this stuff? because well, people, people are snidey. Yeah, like, it took us ten years to kind of properly do an Airstorm feature because it was just kind of wow, it's pirating, it's stupid, but it's the metal scene in general just too too snidey to this shit.
1: I think there's an air of you know, just being cynical, and you don't, because you don't, everyone who likes metal really is so invested in metal, they, it's not a, a genre that you sort of ha- dip your toe in every now no. and again, and you just don't want anyone, especially, to take the piss out of it, and I think that's sort of it, you don't, right. um, I think it's a fear of someone getting big that's basically taking the piss out of what you've spent your entire life which look, is why a lot
0: up. of people still mm. can't get on board with Steel Panther, and yeah. why a lot of people hate the darkness. And yeah, but but the, and the thing is, Steel
2: so. Panther they, they do West Coast metal better than anyone else. Well, I was going to say, Coast yeah. Coast because, I
0: mean, at the end of the day, it, it's not Steel Panther's fault that not a single one of the bands that inspired them has put out an album yeah. half as good as Feel the yeah. Steel in yeah. 30 but, but years. If
2: but if you're going to take the piss out of something and do it well, you have to know that genre much better than all the also rans and the wannabes who want to be, you know, trying to be Motley Crue. Um if Absolute, you absolutely know, absolutely you, you, you know absolutely. Like, it's such a wave take on on west coast rock,
0: yeah absolutely well wow. where did you draw the line then I can't get on board with that goblet on
2: no I, I saw it
1: once and I didn't need to it, it, it if you don't know what we're talking about don't worry about it yes is,
2: my, <laughs> you know my line keeps extending it's like okay I draw the line here and I go and see Evil Scarecrow live at Wacken uh, Evil like, Scarecrow is another big like I'm on board these. with Evil Scarecrow and it's just oh, like I, I can't you know, I'm not that's what I thought and then I saw them live and I kind of really enjoyed it and I was thinking you know if you're going to go that far with all your props, there's got to be some kind of serious seriousness of intent because they they really yeah. put all their all into it's it. There's a difference between s-
0: uh, doing kind of silly art, but also yeah. still taking. But, your you can, art you seriously. Can, but you can
2: tell they're really genuine metal fans, and they're still invested the in metal. And so yeah, and I, I saw is it, it Power Quest or, or some ridiculous power metal bands that I saw in um at Wacken? Maybe it's because you saw a, them in Wacken.
0: Oh, Power Quest! That that's Christopher from Elstons band, isn't it?
2: Oh, maybe not them then. But there was there was this one band. Because... Am I being stupid? Yeah, Sorry, but, my but, my, but,
0: my euro metal knowledge is not yeah. Great but then I, I, keep, I keep thinking. About I'm my, pretty draw, sure. My, I'm pretty sure Christopher Bose from Airstorm has got like a super goofy. Oh no, Glory
2: Hammer, isn't it? Oh, okay, that makes sense. I think it 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 Glory it might out. have been Power Quester than one I saw. I don't know. And um, I keep drawing the line. and thinking. Sorry, oh, God, Power I Hans. quite like this. And. It's, that's it it's just like that it's still, it's still heavy metal and you know I love ridiculously absurd metal things I love Niflheim with the most ridiculous but Niflheim the, are my, hilarious yeah I but, mean but, that's a good one like literally <laughs> the, 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 my favourite live metal band in the world and um, and they're the most absurd metal band in the world but so truly metal and I love the fact that you know that there's this, this is great area between metal and absolutely fucking ridiculous and and you know I love the fact that metal's absurd Yes. and all the things you can do with Absurdity.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you don't have to like it, but in some cases I think you just got to respect what they've done and how they've got here, and that is certainly the case with Airstorm, so I do pick up their uh, new issue to read our extended feature with them. It's fascinating, the journey they've been on, and the fact that after 10 years they are still here smashing out pirate metal songs and headlining to
2: thousands of people, so fair play. Pick up the issue to check out more. And if you hate Airstorm, you can also pick up the same issue and see Alan von Primordial saying about going on about how much he hates yeah that's <laughs> actually true
0: against all odds, <laughs> us uh, for no reason no uh, doing of our own we also have an interview very good interview with Alan from Primordial and he happens to talk about how shit else do so you've got both <laughs> sides of the argument in one issue that's what we do at Hammer. we give you every uh, chance to debate uh, what have our wonderful readers on the Hammer Facebook group been asking us
1: well Merlin <laughs> Craig Huntley asks uh, what would you bring back to festivals and you can't save the sun what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> okay, good. Well, Next. Well, like,
2: <laughs> huge, huge amounts of drugs. I well, well, I it.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure those haven't gone away. Yet, so I, say, like, I think times. it depends when how far you look back at festivals. Because, like, people keep pointing at, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, like Reading and Leeds. And it felt like back then they'd, you'd take way more of a punt on a headliner that was probably only Brixton Academy level yeah. as headliner. Whereas now they have to be a stadium-dominating band to be uh, considered headline worthy
2: yeah I, I mean I used to go to Reading and um, Reading Festival every year and but there's also like V Festival and Phoenix Festival and um, you know so when I used to write for Melody Maker back in the, back in the sort of 90s or whatever and, um, but you had bands like the Young Gods um, who were like a really um, influential but kind of underground band you had um, Porno for Papyrus headlining Reading um, and I think it might say more about the state of alternative music back then against the state of alternative music now, but late in the late 80s and early 90, and 90s, you know, independent music, um, indie music, was really sort of out there and really and really heavy and really innovative, and you had like Pixies and Terry Muses and Swans, and that was indie music. And now it just seems all very kind of bourgeois, middle class, safe, and... Um, and nothing really, and also very backwards looking indie music seems to be, says the metal fan. but um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, comedy. I
2: also bottle fights. I used to quite
1: enjoy a good, bottle I, used to, I used to quite enjoy a bottle fight.
0: I don't know, I don't know they might still.
1: I've not, I've not seen my big one happen. Were you there at Download Festival when, 2006, when Corn obviously finished early because Jonathan Davis wasn't there. Yes, and, I and do and remember that. And Metallica would come in That was on. crazy. But there was like an hour of nothing happening on stage and the crowd was just going insane. And the, you looked Did up and you couldn't even see the sun because it was just thick with that the was, bottles. That was water. wild, yeah. wasn't it?
2: There were famous festival bottling incidents, obviously Daphne and Celeste at um, yeah. Festival. Were you there for that one? I think we, no, should, be,
0: no, I but, think we and, should be wary of there uh, <laughs> <not advocating laughs> people with, to bring
1: back bottling. Yeah. But
2: before Hellfest, there was Fury Fest. And um, uh, Slipknot got massively bottled for about like half an hour. Uh, wow! Was, yeah, because apparently they took out all the backstage, so no one else could, um, could, could no one else could um, sound check and work it out. So by the time they came on stage, people were just like they were throwing everything they could possibly find at the band for half an hour.
0: I was at um, Reading the year that Fifty Cent got bottled so hard that he went off stage after like ten minutes, and it was, <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. Like I mean, again, not something. Used to necessarily like promote, but I remember because he was in between um, placebo and Green Day, I think it was interesting. And this is when Green Day were just on the verge of being a woo woo dickhead band, um, but they were still (laughs) better back then. Uh, and I remember seeing like old school punks who still went to Reading at that point walking past with bin liners just filled with bottles ready for 50 to come out. And I remember uh, when um, when he did come out. Uh, he had um, tons of his crew with him and stuff. And they all jumped out. There was these, like, these really long banquet tables set up at the back of the stage. And they all ran out on stage, chucked the tablecloths off the tables. And they had about 50 filled water bottles on there just waiting to go. So they all started chucking them back in the crowd again. And the crowd were chucking them at the thing. It was fucking mental. And then I remember he he, he said something like you know uh, you can throw what you want I ain't going anywhere and then someone threw a deck chair on stage <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so I mean I like 57 by the way I like it but you know it does good stuff I know stage. I was like they've they lost money doing that <laughs> it was fucking crazy and he held out the crowd during uh, Pimp and he was like because I'm a motherfucking, and the whole crowd in Unison went, wanker! It's like <laughs> most English moment ever. So great. yeah, I'm not saying I'll bring that back, but no. definitely, I don't think you'd probably get that as much at Reading in, in 2018. So there you go. Yeah. But don't do it. It's don't naughty. Do it. It's bad. It's naughty. Definitely naughty. Oh, and there was the year that the Rasmus got bottled and someone chucked a lump of mud and it hit the cymbal and everyone went,
1: yeah. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Never mind. Don't do that, though. Don't that, do that, that though.
2: That's a thing to do. Uh, so Daniel LaPoint asks what aspects do you look for most in a local metal band for local people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the best way for a small band to get recognition from larger sources? Just be good. Yeah, as, Simple as I mean that, all bands are just
1: be good. Local. Yeah, is that your local to somewhere? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? I get
0: I mean I guess it's you know I I think it is probably a little easier. It's certainly easier for bands to get attention if they happen to be inside the uh, London or big city media, you're probably more likely to, to get some good tours and all that kind of stuff if you're in LA maybe not LA these days but you know if you're in New York or something then if you're in like Wrexham
1: yeah, yeah, completely. But
2: there's also like a lot of bands that say in London who do the same which is circuit, by the way Who do the same circuit all the time like, you know, Blackheart Underworld. Yeah, yeah. Um there's you know some of the smaller venues that they don't really break out of it and they seem to be just happy to yeah. to do to which is that. cool because that's you know that's the backbone of what metal is,
0: you know. Mm. look at um you look at a lot of the bands that um are on the Bloodstock Metal to the Masses initiative, which is a brilliant grassroots campaign um that we have um we're proud to be involved in. Um you know, that, that, there's loads of bands on that that are very kind of regional, if that's even a term you could use, um, and that's a real good platform for them to get up on stage. And I think um, you know the winners tend to end up playing Bloodstock and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's one good way. Good. Get on the Bloodstock melt to the masses thing is a great way. Yeah, to I get think
2: involved. it's a really good shot yeah. actually. But I also think um, it's also good to be involved in your scene with other bands because I think once bands start to kind of cross pollinate yeah. and they get ideas off each other everything becomes more than the sum of its parts so it's good to have like a local scene of people who you kind of ha- share a similar aesthetic with but you're all kind of different in your own way mm-hmm. and I know like the London scene uh, metal scene especially the black metal scene mm-hmm. got way more interesting when bands started um, you know having affiliations with other bands and they'd mm-hmm. have members in other bands and there's a long time in the sort of uh, when all the, all the black metal bands well, it, English ones would be like we don't we stand alone you know, and just like well good but um, you're not going to get anywhere and they never seem to get any sense of momentum. But now, you know, with the like bands like Voices and Akakoka and and Shrines and, you know, and, and all these people kind of having a kind of a scene and they're all doing their own thing. But they're all getting inspiration from each other. And I think that tends to, to um, build up kind of a head of steam and get you noticed. I mean, look at, say, Norway and Bergen, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people play in other bands and they share band members. And all these bands are unique, but they have a sensibility and um, and it's really creative. All temperature where you've got, um, we did a piece on that recently, where you have all these really kind of strange cosmic black metal bands, mm-hmm. but each one different. But there's a, there's a sense of you're bigger. There's something bigger than all of you. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: absolutely. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways for. Um, to smaller bands to get recognition from larger sources we're always listening as well um, you know tweet us your music send it to us send it to Jonathan here he's the reviews editor
2: I do listen to everything eventually eventually, <laughs> yes. eventually yeah so
0: yeah um, you can hit us all up and we're, we're always proud to rep for you wherever the hell you come from uh, Axel Piff asks on Twitter with the constant genres subgenres, or fusion genres of metal cropping up every day do you think that it's a good thing or a bad thing for the metal genre as a whole? So is it a good thing that we have more genres and subgenres than ever? I personally think that the idea of sub-genre is becoming a bit obsolete in a lot of ways because I think people's listening habits have, have changed so much.
2: I mean, I think you can go out as far as you want to go out as long as you're still in dialogue with where it came from originally. Um, otherwise, you know, just like... You've got a helium balloon, and you cut the you cut the string off, and it'll go off somewhere. But it's not metal anymore; mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't have any relation to metal, so you can call it what you want, and whether it listen to it or not. But um, it's in. But when, but when genres do go off into off into tangents, it's interesting because it's. I mean, I find it fascinating because it's, what does it say about the original core aspects of metal? So, um, you know, just putting um, some kind of electric beats on on old school thrash isn't going to make you very interesting or anything no, like that no of course
0: that. it's got to be something that, that clicks and it works and it feels in line with you know where you're coming from and where yeah.
1: you're going I think just not everything needs to be categorised as a certain strand of metal you know like like synthwave metal fans are involved in but it's not called synth metal no. or something like that I think it's just you know it's its own little thing that we're all in on but like we made I think mean, Metal fans are guilty of wanting everything they listen to to be considered metal or heavy in some way. And so these sub-genres get thrown out saying it's X, Y and Z metal or post whatever metal. Right, right, yeah. And so you can justify what you're listening to, like we mentioned earlier. And I think sub-genres have become a lazy tool just to categorise something when really you could just say it's a band that's obviously listened to this other band mm-hmm. when you, you don't need to call it post-whatever or you know, pre-anything or whatever else mm. or something core. But I, yeah, I, I like the, I, But at the same time, I'm, I, I'm some guilty of using them all the time. Yeah, you know?
0: I mean, they're always going to have a use on there because you can say, you know, if, I, if someone asks me what power trips sound like, I'm going to say they're a thrash band. That's the first thing we're going to say. Yeah, but completely. I'm going to go beyond that because where you look at where the scene's at now, their roots are actually in hardcore, and even though they sound like Slayer, they they come from a world that's you know as influenced by Hatebreed and Madball and yeah. You could
1: just pull something out of your, your your ass and basically go, oh, they're part of a new wave of crossover. That means nothing, but you well, of... you said it now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it literally, it's just, it's just, but somebody you hear that and you go, oh, okay, I get what you mean by that, but you could at the same time, you could, that's just you don't need to put them in a new box just go there, a thrash band
0: well you just need to look at the metal hammer tour to see how the game is changing now because uh, that sounds like a cheap plug but there's there's a reason we wanted to put this tour together in particular because you've got you know a kind of modern metal slash heavy metal band in trivium death metal band in Venom prison a thrash crossover band in power trip (coughs) excuse me and a you know increasingly loosely turned hardcore band in code orange Mm -hmm. and they all go together because they're all just fucking wicked and they're all happy to be on that but, tour together yeah, because it just
2: works but it is it, sometimes it is useful because you know bands have a certain set of values I mean you know the original scenes had really strong set of values of the hardcore scene the punk scene mm-hmm. and so it annoys me when people call say Cut of Luna or Amon Ra post metal bands because they actually all came from the hardcore scene mm-hmm. and you know their values are really set by the hardcore scene and um, you know post punk uh, has a lot, of, you know, has a lot of um, dialogue with you know the original punk scene but they obviously they went kind of quite gothy, and um, so there is um, it, it you know when you talk about genres, you're talking about a set of values to do with that genre, mm-hmm. and how people elect to those genres. I mean, I still think of Ra's Ra as, as very much a, a hardcore band, right? Um, just they've they've taken it out into, you know, really new areas, but that's where they come from. We'd call them post-hardcore not, but um. But, they, but it's useful to know that they came from the hardcore scene, same with Cut of Luna. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I cannot, and it's useful I cannot to cannot know that Neurosis came from the punk scene. Exactly. Yeah. Not the metal scene.
0: I think, as long as it's good, it's like we said about the new bands thing, as long as it's good, that's what matters
1: most. Everything else is just down to the individual, really. Uh, at Being Manny V on Twitter catchy asks uh, what is your opinion on holograms replacing musicians that are no longer with us should this be welcome thanks to technological advances or should we leave legacy as is
0: I think it's down to the um, you know the families and those closest to the person to kind of have the best take on whether it's something they'd want to do personally the idea of going to see a Dio hologram just doesn't interest me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I thought, I think it's naff. Um, But, you know, uh, I know in that case, Wendy Dio, his his widow, said she was cool with it. And so uh, I don't think it's on fans to decide whether it's okay or not. Um,
1: But personally, it's not for me. No, I, I think I'm saying that there's... I can't think of any band that I'd want that to... Yeah, I'd, I'd want to see a hologram of even bands that I've never seen. Like, yeah, I never saw Pantera, for example. I wouldn't want to see a hologram of Dimebag I never saw Nirvana. I wouldn't want to see a hologram of exactly. Kurt Cobain. That would be the shittest thing yeah. you could ever see. But at the same time, you know, if if you're a massive fan of that band and you just basically, it's better than seeing a tribute band.
2: I guess it's, it's just the same.
0: Um, yeah, I guess. A well, there's yeah. no flesh
2: and blood on stage, but and maybe if you could like use them as samples. I mean, there's maybe there's some artistic way you could use holograms. That probably would, would probably piss off the people in charge of their legacies. But um, but I think there's ways you can do stuff like you know I know that at, um, Queen shows they still have
0: videos of Freddie Mercury yeah. doing bits and stuff, and that's fine. That's different, but yeah.
2: <laughs> There you go. What's
1: that, it, I, it looks cool, but it's not for me.
2: Yeah, does it actually look cool? I went to see War of the Worlds where they had their hologram of like Liam Neeson. And it's it? Yeah. And it <laughs> and it just looked um it just looked like like a projection on a small screen somewhere. Like it didn't it wasn't that really that impressive. Fair. It wasn't like some kind of future thing where they just beamed down and was in front of you. Fair, fair. Star yeah. Trek, it is not. Definitely yeah. not for
0: us. Uh, Jay Hutchinson74 asks with Slayer and Sabbath stepping down and when the likes of Metallica and Maiden follow suit please don't say that who do you see will be uh, who do you think will be the next top four bands so I guess he's picking Slayer, Sabbath, Metallica and Maiden as the top four bands
1: it's hard to argue that's very uh,
0: (laughs) we won't get into that I I
1: guess in terms of new you could you know it depends when you think new but the first bands that sprung to mind for me were like Avenged Sevenfold yeah Five Finger Death Punch. Ooh. As much as I don't like them, they're massive. Yep. There's, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: with that. Yeah.
1: And then you could even, you know, look at the trajectory Ghoster on. They could be ghost th- Absolutely. Th- they could be up there. In I think Parkway Drive could time. be going in that vein as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah We've yeah, heard. Completely. Uh, no but, spoilers. but at the same time, there's bands. Yeah, you know, like, like Slipknot aren't. Yeah, you know, obviously one of the biggest bands in the world, and they're oh, they yeah. not a new band. Slipknot are already there. Are yeah, exactly. I
0: mean, if we're looking at bands that are going to be headlining festivals through the next, <coughs> you know, ten years, yeah, Slipknot, Avenged. Um, I agree. I think Five Finger are on that trajectory. I think Parkway are on that trajectory. I'll take that for. Yeah,
2: yeah. I first when I saw Ghost. Uh, oh, and Ghost as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they're, they're, bit, the, they're the one that excite me the most in a lot of ways. because Yeah, been when I came to the Forum, them. that was the first time I really thought, wow, this is actually a festival headliner band. Absolutely. And as
0: we said last week, there's stuff going on there, so we'll be keeping a very close eye on... That Thank you for tuning in, guys. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. again. I'm sure we'll have you back on very soon. I
2: thought I
0: was out. (laughs) Uh, Do not miss two absolutely colossal albums coming out this Friday, uh, tomorrow when this podcast goes out. Basically, two opposite ends of the British metal spectrum. The new Judas Priest album, Firepower, is an absolute destroyer. Uh, We, of course, talked to Rob Halford and Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath, together in the new issue but there's also a feature length review from Dom Lawson absolute Judas Priest lifer that will move you that will warm up your black metal bones <laughs> <laughs> um, so get, get on that album it really is an absolute return to form for them it's absolutely incredible and from the other end uh, there's co- the Conjurer album is finally with us as well yes. another That's excellent young band very excited about it Maya is in my opinion the debut of the year so far well, definitely probably go with that. if you
1: like riffs then listen over and over again
0: for hell fucking yes and we also do talk to Conjure in the new issue of Metal Hammer as well so do pick it up support all those bands and feel free to support us as well because we massively appreciate it don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast and give it a good rating so we shoot up those iTunes ranks
1: Uh, what what are you guys up to this week you doing anything interesting Uh, I'm off to see Here Lies Man uh, Ah, this evening uh, the Moth Club in London. Uh, so I'll be reporting back next week. I'm really, really looking forward to that. That's the album's great. What are you doing? Anything exciting? Nothing as good
2: as that. Uh, <laughs> uh, by way of contrast, I've got a victory over the weekend. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, one of the first uh, metal bands I actually saw live. Amazing. I saw one actually on the Cause of Death tour. So, um, Still crushing it live. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're always amazing. Um, and um, by way of contrast, also Monday, I found this out this about a bit late, It's Anna Von Hauswolf oh also, wow who we've got um, also in um, the is city it? of Metal Hammer mm-hmm. um, if you like Chelsea Wolf Chelsea Wolf and Darker and, and, and amazing singers like that who go off into weird dark territories and Van uh, Housewolf does just that but in her own amazing way and she, she's really sold out the dome oh wow that's, wow, cool. that's cool yeah that's so it's just like everyone's just like you mentioned that her name the yeah, dome is like, uh, for I'm people like, outside, like, outside London that's like a what like a 700, 700 parody? Parody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for, Decent. Not yeah, bad at for solo at all. singer songwriter songwriter yeah
0: A lot going on there now well, uh, in that scene isn't there very very cool we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up very soon Jonathan and Luke yep. will see you and the return of Elle next week She's she'll be back. telling us about her <laughs> New York adventures cheers everyone stay metal pick up the new issue and yeah be cool to each other <laughs> I don't even know why I was going with that <laughs> bye be <Jelly Cheers>. metal
1: <laughs>